two quick editor's notes here. Sorry about the sound quality. It'll be better next week, I promise. And then skip the listener feedback section to avoid any interstellar uh, spoilers. Skip just right to six minutes and 26 seconds after the intro. Thanks. Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Tim. Today we're going to talk about some listener feedback. We're going to talk about some film news. We've got a little bit of uh, Thanksgiving thanks and some turkeys to talk about. Right. And then finally, we will end with a half review of Mockingjay, because only part one is out. Yes. You can listen to part two. In a year. In a year. A year? Yeah. What? Yeah, bro. Yeah. November 2015. Why? Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, that's Francis Lawrence's Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. You would think they would release that around the time when they would release the DVD. You know know why they won't? Why? Because next summer is insanely crowded. Oh, that's right. There's no no way they would do that. Drop that that shit in the spring. It's the same reason that The Hobbit's coming out now and didn't come out this past summer. Drop it in the spring. Nah. That'd be smart, but I don't know. Whatever. Anyway... (laughs) We don't care enough. Uh, as always, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Write into us. Let us know what you think of the show or anything that we talk about. MidwestFilmNerds.com has all 102 previous episodes plus some bonus episodes for you to listen to, as well as full show notes for each episode. At MFN Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook and Vine, 248-7335-MFN, which is 248-7335-636. Give us a call, and we will talk about your voicemail on the episode. Uh-huh. So... Listener feedback. We've got some feedback from all the way from Shanghai. This is Alistair Connell. Ni hao, Midwest film nerds. Greetings from Shanghai, and congratulations on passing 100 episodes. I just recently started listening to your podcast and catching up on old episodes, all of which I've enjoyed immensely. Your Interstellar review in particular should be counted as one of your high points. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I, have my strong, <laughs> I have my strong agreements and disagreements with each of you, just like good movies are engaging think pieces. I finished the episode asking myself a lot of questions about what I value most in storytelling on screen and what I can and can't forgive in a movie. Naturally, Interstellar and your review got me all intellectual and stimulated my and many interesting, intelligent thoughts on the journey that the Nolan Brothers took us on. Rather than share those with you, I'd like to ask you if any of you noticed how much... Spoilers for Interstellar. I'm going to say spoilers here. You should check MidwestFilmers.com for the time code to skip over this segment if you don't want to hear any spoilers for Interstellar. I've given you enough warning. Here we go. I'd like to ask if any of you also noticed how much Matt Damon resembles Philip Seymour Hoffman once he gets out of the cryotube. The hair, the thick frame, the deep croaky voice, the jolliness... Surely I'm not alone in this, and if anyone could have made the, quote, do you see your children now, Cooper, quote, line land with any grace whatsoever, it would have been Hoffman. Anyway, many thanks for your consistently insightful and enjoyable reviews. I eagerly anticipate each new episode and look forward to hearing you all celebrate episode 200 one day. Warmest regards, Alistair. P.S. Anyone who enjoyed Hans Zimmer's score for Interstellar should go check out some of his movie score influences, such as Philip Glass's score for, what is it, Nick? Yes, and total score for Dune. Series Zimmer fans with a taste for epic classical music should also dive into the first pieces you can find by Richard Wagner, whose fingerprints are all over the score to Interstellar once you peel back the clock-like motifs and repetition and rotation. Strong hints of Hector Berlioz and Richard Strauss can also be heard in Interstellar. Thank you for the email, Alistair Connell. Uh, I think we know who to call if we would like to talk about any movie scores. Right. But, um... So, 
What do you guys think? Philip Seymour Hoffman, Matt Damon? I didn't notice it, but I can see it. Do you think Do you think you could see Philip Seymour Hoffman in the role? Yeah. You know, when uh, when Matt Damon first popped out of his out of his uh, cocoon there, I remember th- I, I did not realize it was him at first. My mm. brain immediately was like, that looks a lot like Matt Damon, but I was like, he looks too paunchy. And I remember kind of thinking he did look like a heavier set guy, and I was trying I was trying to place who he was. Interesting. So I, I, watching it again, I'm sure that I'll come upon that scene and go, hmm. Philip Seymour Hoffman would have been so sweet. Absolutely. Like, damn it, Alistair. Yeah. You made me want that forever now. That, because like, him saying that line would be incredible. Totally. Totally. I don't know. Any thoughts? I mean, I think no, I, yeah. as a collective, we were all a little, not disappointed in the casting of Matt Damon, but just kind of like uninspired by it. I was okay with it, and I, and I wasn't, like, I was surprised that he was in the movie and none of us knew about it, but... Um, I'm okay with it, certainly, but I wanted it to be... It doesn't even have to be like anybody huge. It doesn't no. have to be like George Clooney, but like it'd be it'd be cool <laughs> if it was somebody a little more. Yeah, no, 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 you, that'd be pretty Clooney awesome. Would be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it shouldn't have been so off the wall like Tim Allen or anything. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman would have been. Would it's be it's fun. just it's just uh, it's <laughs> it's um. Tim Allen is Buzz Lightyear. No, no, no. It's Tom Hanks doing doing his. Uh, his Captain Phillips uh, delusion at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just wakes up. I don't know. That was as fun as I wanted to. Mind blowing. Oh, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. What? <laughs> He's no, been the part, to the moon you know, and the part, just been... people the part Matt Damon did really, really well though in that movie was uh, his final like scene. He was really, really yeah. good. Like he played that desperation really well. Yeah. So whatever. Who cares? Yeah. I didn't know. I think I think Philip Seymour Hoffman would have been sweet. It would have been a little fun. And I, and, I, and I probably would have enjoyed that more than Matt Damon, but... Yeah. I think I would have bought Philip Seymour Hoffman a little more as, like, an Earth-saving scientist. Yeah, that's kind of... We've got, like, a Denise Richards as a, as a <laughs> nuclear physicist situation on our hands here. <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> he wasn't that convincing. Matt looks better. <laughs> <laughs> All the other jokes I had in the queue were just eaten by that one. move on. All right, we're going to move right into some film news then. Um, we're going to start with some trailers right off the top. Star Wars trailers coming out this Friday. You can see it in select theaters. They're going to be showing it every single movie time this weekend at three at a bunch of movie theaters. Oh, wow. Uh, there's one of them here in Detroit. I'm not planning on going to is, see it. Is it in the city? It's like, no, I, I think... I think it might be in, like, Livonia. I think it's select AMC. Is it AMC 20? They always I think have so. cool shit like I that. I think so. Um, yeah. But anyway, you can go check listings. There's an article on Slash Film. I'm sure it won't take very long to try and find it. But it's an 88-second trailer. It's a little teaser. Are, any, are you guys excited? Do you want to see it? Yeah, yeah. I'm dying to see it. Yeah. I've turned around on this movie yeah. completely. I mean, I was never against it, but now I'm like excited for it. I'm, once they announced the cast, I got really riled up. I yeah. got really excited because I was like, wow, they're casting actors. Yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I told you guys in the group text, I'm going to be very, very... It's going to be hard for me to not watch this one. I'm intrigued, and I really do want to see I mean, it. To, and, and watching, like, the fact that it's 88 seconds long will likely be a lot of fade to black. I could watch it, but I don't... We'll I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, but I, I wish I didn't even watch any of the Interstellar stuff. Like, that, that's okay, and it doesn't give anything away, but I wish I knew nothing. And I think I already know enough about Star Wars to have the proper feelings about how to go into the movie. So I don't think it's necessary for me to watch it. We'll see. We'll but see what it shows. Yeah. 
All right, that's a quick PSA on that one. But the Jurassic World trailer got released ahead of time. Uh, came out today, uh, officially on YouTube. You guys watched it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What'd you think? I uh, I'll echo what I said in the group text. Yeah. Uh, because I know that I speak for two of us, because Willie responded and said, <laughs> Nick and I have never been more in sync than yeah. this moment. I think the first half of it is incredible. I think it starts off so good. I was like, whoa, when it was, I was just really, really, really into it. And then it hits a point where like the it's like the, the beat drops moment in the trailer, mm-hmm. and then suddenly it kind of went, mm, and it went <laughs> downhill a little bit for me. And I was like, mm. it got really dark, which was cool. Like It gets really dark, and it ramps up this like, almost like a horror movie sense, which is pretty sweet. Uh but a lot of the CGI in it is really rough, mm-hmm. really rough. And I don't really want to be that guy, but here I am. Yeah. And, Put it on uh, a trailer, though. Yeah, I mean, it's in a trailer. I mean, I, I would think you sh- shouldn't tip your hand unless you're ready. Yeah. I yeah. would rather you keep it a little more cloak and dagger until it's polished, because I hate hearing that, oh, it's not done yet. Yeah. Like, well, it looks like ass now. And so yeah. now I'm going to go in the movie remembering which shots look like ass, and I'm probably going to think they still The, the like Iron ass. Man walking away from the tank shot in the first Iron Man. Looked mm-hmm. way better in the actual movie than it did in that Super Bowl trailer. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, I remember the Super Bowl point. trailer. But that I thought the same thing too. I'm like, well, then why'd you release it? Yeah. Like, it looks like garbage. Even Clue and Tron Legacy, Clue, like young young Bridges looked a lot better in the movie than he does. In yeah, I mean they, they have uh, what like six more, seven more months to let that shit render. Yeah. So that's fine, and they'll probably polish it. It'll, it'll probably look better, but... It, it made me kind of be like, oh, It's going to pull you out of the movie. Yeah. I wish we had real... There are even... I understand they're, they're, <laughs> they're dinosaurs. Like, we don't need... You know, you know building a, a, a life-size model of, of a lot of these dinosaurs is maybe not the way the studio wants to allocate their money, but there are things in the trailer that are CGI mm-hmm. that don't need to be CGI. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like, listen... You should you should meet us halfway here. Do the Stan Winston method, and let's let's you yeah. Know. Anyway, uh, but the final shot of the trailer is hysterical. It is so zany. I can't even like <laughs> Willie and I actually started texting individually about it, and I was like, "Is it a good or bad thing?" I, I couldn't see it. I don't like. Know. It was so dark. I couldn't see. Like I was. Have I you only watched it the once? Yeah, I only watched. Oh, it once. we have to watch it again <laughs> before. Okay. Because I want to see your reaction to it. Because it's. I, I think it's. It's so out there that it's kind of cool. Like, it, it's something I never thought we'd ever, ever, ever see in a Jurassic Park movie, ever. It's so weird. But Willie Willie seems to not think it's cool. He's like, he said hopefully it'll be better in context, so I don't think he likes it. I It was the one thing about the trailer I kept thinking about all day. I was like, I was like what does it mean? Like, I was so... So then I went back and watched it when I got home, and I was like, oh, why? It's just so weird. Yeah. Tim, you have any thoughts? Yeah, schlockier than I expected it to be, yeah. um, which I'm okay with. Um, it, it reminds me of a, like a Michael Crichton movie that wasn't that they made into a movie or like a book that they made into a movie of his that's mm. not Jurassic Park. <laughs> so like, like it's the, like the Acacia Strain or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like Rising Sun. Um, those so, are those are the Michael Crichton deep that, cuts out there for you guys. <laughs> the true Crichtonites. <laughs> um, Crichton collection. Yeah, it just looks. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, I don't think it, I'm kind of interested in it now though because it looks kind of like a horror like a I said like a 90s sci-fi thriller that they would play on HBO yeah in the 90s. and I'm okay with that and kind of like Congo the movie kind of, yeah kind of like Congo but with dinosaurs and a little bit better production probably yeah so um, I think it looks kind of low rent 
at times. I don't know. It's just a trailer. I don't, I don't want to judge yeah. too much, but it looked a little cheaper than I was expecting. Um, there, are, there are moments in it that are, you can really tell, like, I think you're going to be able to tell in the finished movie where you'll see the times when you're like, Colin Trevorrow probably doesn't know what to do with this much money or this much right. scope. But there are bits in the trailer that, like, there's one shot in the trailer that I'm like, that's probably what got him the job. Like, there's these, like, little gyrosphere things that, like, ride around the park. Mm. I think it, it looks like it's, like, this thick, probably, like, a foot of glass, like, capsule that you can see two people Pope-mobile. in. And it kind of, it kind of cruises you around through the fields. And, like, it looks like the time machine at the end of uh, Safety Night Guaranteed. That's funny. So I was like, this is probably... We want those in our movie. <laughs> yeah. He's the guy. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, I think that's enough on the trailer for now. Um, let's move on to. Well, we have three other three other stories, and I don't know how much we're going to talk about all of them. But the next one, I think, will take a little bit more time. Ridley Scott will not be directing Blade Runner two, contrary to what we had been led to believe up to this point. The movie's still planning on shooting next year. Uh, with somebody else at the helm. How does this, and Harrison Ford returning. And Harrison Ford returning. There are some plot details that are out there. I'll leave it up to you if you want to seek them out. I wish I didn't read them. But, um, I haven't read one yet. I'm excited to read them. Tim, hmm. what does this make you feel about Blade Runner 2? Um, I thought when Ridley Scott was attached to it, I was like, I don't think this is ever going to happen. Like, and now him leaving Strictly it, because of the fact that he gets like 30 projects at once. Right, and I didn't think he'd get around. He was like 82 years old. Like, yeah. I don't think he'd get around to it. Now that he's left, I think, oh man, this is going to happen. So, that's all I really have to say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't have much to say. I, it, it's probably... I don't know. I mean, really, he's been pretty hit or miss lately. So, yeah. Uh, got me. Hit or, hit or miss, you mean you, you did not like... Um, Prometheus, but you loved the counselor. I, I mean, love the after counselor. The, after the grand slam that was the counselor, <laughs> I, you retired. The that. audiences could not get enough. <laughs> they all needed counseling. <laughs> Nick, what do you think? Are you more intrigued or less intrigued? You want to know who's going to direct? I want to say I'm equal parts intrigued, okay. but I think it's probably for the best of the project. Okay. Because Ridley... I don't know what he would do because I think Prometheus may have been better in someone else's hands because I think Ridley might might feel an obligation to either live up to or surpass or somehow somehow he he would probably feel some weird marriage to the original mm-hmm. for for not only artistic reasons but like his legacy like yeah. he, like something about Prometheus maybe things may have been better maybe they would have been worse without him at the helm. Um, but I think with Blade Runner 2, it could be a cool way to get some of these new, like, younger sci-fi guys, like like Ryan Johnson and, like, uh, oh. uh, uh, no. son of Bowie, uh, Duncan Jones. Zoe Bowie. One of, one of these guys, get all these younger, like, sci-fi guys into these worlds. Because these are the guys that watched that movie and were like, yeah. like brain exploded. So, <clears throat> if he's producing it still, I think that probably is totally yeah, a good thing. And that's the point. Yeah, yeah. That's probably totally good. It'd be good for him to have his hands in it, but I don't. I don't know that he necessarily needs to direct it. As far as Harrison Ford returning, I'm a thousand percent on board for that. Yeah. Like a lot of people were like, oh, I don't know, and I'm like, absolutely. I don't know in what capacity, but I mean, it's it's gonna. That's what that's what I'm more curious about because based on which version of Blade Runner you like the best, what the what the hell is, what is Harrison this? Ford doing yeah. in this movie? Yeah. So. 
It's cool. I'm excited. I love Blade Runner. I know Willie does too. Like it's a it's it's a top five of all time for sure. So I okay. So this is this is gonna pull in a little like I'm 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 pulling a personal jab. Not really a jab here, but you are skeptical of the idea of Better Call Saul because you don't want it to tarnish Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Why why does that feel less intense? Why does that feeling not exist for this or not at least in, at the same level? Well, we're 30 years removed from the original Blade Runner, okay. so I think maybe the property has aged enough and the talent involved in the original has aged enough where there's more of a story to tell. Okay. Or I'm, I'm, cur- I'm more curious to know where it goes. Like, Better Call Saul, plus, that's an ancillary character. I have huge beef with ancillary characters getting their own properties, okay. because I think that they're side characters for a reason. Yeah. I would say, 8 out of 10 times, it doesn't work. Okay. If it works, sweet. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of weird stuff that we've kind of been hearing that makes us believe that it's not what it, it is now turned into something totally different than what it was before. But that's I was very I mean I haven't kept up to date on the developments of Better Call Saul, but as soon as they announced it, I was really you were skeptical. I was very yeah. aggravated. I was yeah. annoyed because I was like, why are we cashing in on this? Like, yeah. plus Breaking Bad is an opus. It's perfect, mm-hmm. and it it was six years of perfect. It's how many hours of perfect? Why? Why go back to that? Like, Blade Runner's amazing, but it's not perfect. Mm-hmm. And it's two and a half hours. I, wa- I want more of that world. But Breaking Bad is just flawless. It's a it's a diamond. It's so good. Like, why why do we need to risk? You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, 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 know, I, know, I know your feelings on it, but to me it just doesn't feel like as much of a risk. It's like, you don't have to watch. Like, you can watch five minutes Better Call Saul and be like, this isn't something I want. Turn it off, and it doesn't touch. I guess it's head. it's more about the legacy to me. But you know, what does it have to mean to anybody else? Hmm? Like the legacy, it, it has a legacy to you. That's how you feel about it. You love it. Well, what if it comes out and it's just a huge turd bomb? Like, what if it's terrible? Then it's terrible. It's always going to be there. Though. Everybody like, washes the their like, hands up. Like, but that doesn't mean. Oh, I, you know what? I'm not going to watch Breaking Bad because I heard Battle Call no, Saul no, no, is no. terrible. It's not. It's not going to do that. But it's always going to be a, a black mark on the resume. You're always kind of going to go. Whose resume? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> it's always going to be there. Okay. All right. This it's is... like Dumb Dumb and Number One is is amazing. Dumb and Number Two is out though. And if I see Dumb and Dumber Two, and it's just dreadful, it's going to impact the original. And if anybody said otherwise, I think they'd be lying. I don't feel I don't that know. way at all. I'd know. still watch the original and go. Oh, this is so good. This is a classic. This is such a funny movie. But in the back of my mind, I'm always going to go, ugh, it's too bad, though. What about, like, Crystal Skull? I forget Grease 2 exists. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 yeah. when I watch the original Indiana Jones, like, they're still amazing movies, but I always think about the fourth one. I go, ugh, really? it's too bad. I don't. Interesting. <laughs> That's, you guys are lucky. I, well, I've, I've, never, I've never seen Crystal Skull, so I don't have to worry about oh, that. Oh, yeah. But you're very lucky. You're lucky. lucky. One percent there. <laughs> No, I mean it's you know when with these guys when when it's when it's a matter of life's work like that like Spielberg's, you know that's arguably part of Spielberg and, and Harrison Ford's like legacy. They will always be remembered for that. You know, I think imagine if you if you had created something that high profile, that perfect, and that revered by that many people, and then you make one that just kind of sucks. It's always just going to be there in the back of your mind. You know. And no matter how much good you made, it's it doesn't devalue that. But it's it's kind of like you you've always got a little bit of oh, but oh well. That's interesting. I don't know. I think we're just really. This is one of those things that you and I don't see 
the same way. One of those many things. But, I don't know. I just wanted to know why it didn't feel the same way with Blade Runner, and I think... I, think I mean, I think, I think the, the most important variable is the fact that we're decades away from the original. It's like, been it, given like, its time. Yeah, yeah, it's, for sure. Okay, that's and fair. I mean, it's interesting, because Blade Runner, when it came out, was not considered the classic that it is today, too. As well, yeah. Blade Runner's had a very weird evolution over the yeah. years. So, anyway... All right, let's speed through these next two to get to our turkey and Thanksgiving discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oscar Isaac is Apocalypse and X Men Apocalypse. Sweet, cool. Yeah, gives me gives me a lot of hope. Actually, the yeah. script must be pretty damn good, or something. I mean, mm-hmm. something's got to be bringing him in. He's doing he's doing pretty well lately. Yeah, well, I think it's part of doing well. He gets to be in a Star Wars movie and an X Men movie. Those are two. I guess. I guess what I mean is he doesn't need to take it if it's he doesn't need yeah. a franchise. Yeah. Because if he's in Star Wars, um, you know, he's got the, he's being elevated all the time. Like every year, he's been exponentially growing mm-hmm. in, in in profile. So yeah, there must be something about it that's pretty good to make him go, yeah, I want to do this. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's, but I mean, I don't think any of us thought that a wrestler was going to play Apocalypse. So. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay, and finally, Sony has dropped the uh, Danny Boyle, Aaron Sorkin, Steve Jobs biopic. This is after both Leonardo DiCaprio and Christian Bale passed on the titular role. Oh, I thought Bale was in. Bale was in, and then he walked away. Whoa. And so now Universal has picked it up, supposedly with Fassbender attached, but not confirmed to star as Steve Jobs. I think that sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know it was Sorkin and uh, Danny Boyle, though, that made. I think it's an interesting combo. Yeah. I'd like to see what comes out of it. Danny but... Boyle excites me. Sorkin just kind of is there. He did so well. Like, I love the social network so much True. that I think this material is in his wheelhouse now. But Well, then Boyle's a good, like, Fincher was a good director to kind of dampen some of his more... Yeah. The Sorkin-ness. The Sorkin-ness of it. <laughs> Boyle will just dial it up to 11 <laughs> to make a weirder product. <laughs> Danny Boyle is probably the most fascinating guy making movies right now. Like his filmography is so yeah, is strange. Awesome. Yeah. If it was like a wild animal running a tractor, would be looking around going, "What the? <laughs> <laughs> Where is this thing going? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense." I was really excited to see Christian Bale as Steve Jobs. I thought that would have been interesting. I think he was a good pick, and I'm disappointed because I know he would have like plucked out a bunch of his hair and oh, the weird totally. thinning and he would have oh it would he would probably have been more of a dead ringer than Ashton Kutcher was. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That's too bad. They should try to swing him back over. Yeah, no. he, I like Fast Bender a lot, but I don't I think it's a weird choice. Yeah. Yeah. Too dashing. I agree. Too yeah. dashing. <laughs> I agree. He starts storming up his cheat to play James Bond. All right, uh, so we can move on to our Thanksgiving tomorrow. If you're listening to this the day it comes out, uh, first of all, it's Nick's birthday. Happy birthday, Nick. Happy yeah, birthday. Thank you. November the 26th. Yes. And 29th. then <laughs> um, Thursday, the next day after, will be Thanksgiving. So we'd like to take this opportunity to maybe give thanks for some things in film this year and also talk about some of the big turkeys, the things that uh, didn't quite land. So, Tim, I don't know if you want to begin here. This is a little bit your brainchild. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, it's quite the brainchild. Oh, totally. I said, oh, man. Hey, let's do this. Okay. It's the thing, It's the week of Thanksgiving. What's the... Oh, turkeys! <laughs> turkeys are a thing. <laughs> All right. So, like, uh, uh, we're doing turkeys first? Sure. Like, what's... Uh, a turkey is, a, like, some, something bad. 
Something or somebody basketball. It's hard to describe. There's not really a word for it other than just... Something you didn't like. Like. Which is weird because turkey is awesome on Thanksgiving, Turkey's and you get a turkey, you get a turkey in bowling, yeah, and that's a, a good thing. thing. But right. still, when you think of oh, this is a total turkey. And turkeys were almost a national bird. Yeah. Is it the country? Do people not like the country? Maybe. Okay. I don't know. Turkey, um, write in feedback at midwestfilmers dot com. The first one that came to my mind. <laughs> the nation of turkey <laughs> has words for you. They listen. The first one that came to my mind is uh, Hans Zimmer for a Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> Like, what a piece of shit that one. <laughs> you hate his it. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I did. So that wasn't very good. But he made up for it because Interstellar score was really good. I, that just had to have been a lazy. Yeah. Like, uh, or like, I don't really know what I'm doing here. Yeah. Uh, he just took some, like, mescaline before. Right. Like, <laughs> Hans, I want you to have mescaline. He's like, okay. Well, I'm gonna make the craziest <laughs> shit I can, I can think of. Then it's just experimental based, basically, and it didn't work well. Um, let's see what else. the The title for the Divergent series, Insurgent. That's a title of a movie. That <laughs> come out. It's called the It's the Divergent series, Insurgent. <laughs> Well, it's the same. Yeah, they had to do the Hunger Games thing and be like the Hunger Games catching fire. Yeah, but they call, don't they call it the Divergent series? Yeah. yeah well, it's so, so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then they call it Insurgent. Like, what an awkward title. Who's going to say that? You can't say that at a movie theater. The no, it's, the fa- it's, it's people coming to the video store. They're like, hey, you all got that, uh, the Divergent series Insurgent. Insurgent, yeah. Yeah, but they'll never say that. Right? No, they won't. They can't say deja vu. <laughs> Sky boss. Sky boss. Um, <laughs> um, movie theaters that have recliners in them. What a bunch of turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> great on paper, I will say. Great on paper, but everybody gets too comfortable in these things. If you have them, there are AMC does them a lot. And they just screw with them all the time, and they go like the entire time. It's a horrible movie. Yeah, you hear that? You hear that leather shifting? Yeah. What movie did we see where I just kept doing it? I think it was uh, the Equalizer. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. Which honestly is the movie for that. Like that was a fine movie to see. You know what? It's a, it's part of the dad movie experience. Oh, okay. Because dad okay. would kick up the recliner. And just... That's true. That's true. Good point. So yeah, if you go see. By no means, ne- any movie with any creative or artistic merit, don't don't even think about seeing it in a movie with... You need the most uncomfortable seat that'll make you sit there and watch the movie. By the way, uh, yeah. Imagine has a few theaters now that are all recliner seats. Barf. Yeah, I don't Actually, the actual seats that are down... Like, the, the theater that I saw, Mockingjay in, had all recliner seats, and then the luxury seating was all just the normal luxury seats, and... They're forcing us to buy luxury seats. Basically, yeah. That's I mean, you know, the art of, of the perfect movie theater chair is, has not been perfected too often. Yeah. You should have a little bit of give. You should be able to lean back a little bit with your own just yeah. physics. But it, that shit should recline with machinery. I agree. Too comfortable. People text him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wander. People be texting. Last one I have here is me. A couple weeks ago. And like, what a turkey. Because I just completely dismissed the Toy Story saga. Like, I'm not watching that. <laughs> <laughs> what a grump. Like, what a turkey. Yeah, Have like, you watched it yet? No, I haven't seen two or three. 
But like I oh that's right that's right you've seen the original yeah but I'll watch them but but like I remember it stuck I was mad at myself because like I'm not watching that and it was just like me being a dick yeah you texted me afterwards and you were like I think we just lost all the fans because I crapped on both Pixar and and Christopher Nolan that's the other thing is Interstellar I'm not seeing that again I'll watch it again (laughs) yeah you did turn around on that too I turned around on that too like what an ass I was that episode and then um, Bill Cosby. Oh, what a turkey. What a turkey. He is, huh? Let's not even get into that one. <laughs> <laughs> That's my fine. He's the turkey of 2014. <laughs> All right. Nick, you got any turkeys? Oh, yeah. Always. I feel I feel like I talk so much shit about the state of movies in general on a day-to-day basis. I'm actually... I'm so oversaturated in it that I can't think of too many examples right now, which is really distressing. We could do a whole bonus episode of turkeys if we wanted to, <laughs> just at the most ill-timed right. part of the year. <laughs> hey, it's March. We're doing turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> we just felt like it. Yeah. Um, everything about The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Well, pretty much everything, I'll say. What a turkey. Like, the, the movie as a whole is certainly a monstrous turkey. Right. Like, Godzilla-sized turkey. Yeah. Um, the score... Some of the acting in it, some Garfield of the, not a some of the no no there are things in it that are good. The action when it happens is very good. Um, it's all the stuff in between that's not. Uh, yeah, that movie just it's the perfect example of a turkey too. It's, it's one of the movies I was really looking forward to this year, and it just totally just rolled out like a really. And I wouldn't even say all the stuff in between. I think the Peter Gwen stuff is good. You will get your turn, Alex. I'm just saying. I'm, well, I'm commenting because this okay. is not Amazing Spider-Man Two. Didn't make it onto my turkey list because I just don't care about it anymore. But worse than I think, I think, I think the Peter Gwen stuff was good. I think the relationshipiness uh, okay, of that was good. The, all the given, yeah. Okay, let's all the stuff that's obviously. Uh, oh, the costume was really good. Yeah, the costume. There, are, there are things about it that are, we know are very good. Peter, Peter Gwen relationship, the action, Andrew Garfield, some okay. of the visuals. But everything but else. In general, like 91% of the movie is really bad. Fair enough. And there's there's a small percentage because the movie's like nine hours long. So <laughs> 9% is still a significant amount of material. Uh, yeah, that's just, what a turkey. It just came out. It was just like a, and it seemed like it was going to be so good. It was probably what I imagined, like, using like a dating website. is like you get this one little picture. You're like, oh, wow, she's cute. And she shows up and she's amazing. Spider-Man 2. And you're like, oh, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those if you're saying doesn't make any sense and there's too much of you and your music is really bad and you're like, oh. yeah yeah like you meet her and she talks like Dane DeHaan <laughs> Parker hey alright uh, you know there was another turkey though hang on sorry I, I closed my, my list here uh, oh, that was last year. Never mind. Sorry, I scrolled back. No, what, what is your twenty? What is your twenty fourteen turkey of twenty thirteen? The turkey of twenty thirteen. Yeah, uh, the one that I just saw on the list. You yeah, yep. guess too. Oh, yeah. There's a whole episode about how I feel about that. <laughs> uh, RoboCop twenty fourteen. Oh, guys, this is a turkey. About that. This is a this is another big turkey. Not not on the same level of offense as Spider Man to me, but kind of almost worse in a way actually, because it's a it's a remake of a beloved classic that yeah. didn't yeah. need to be remade. This is a pretty big turkey, I think, and. Uh, I don't even know if I need to say much more. That's the I Fight the Law in the Law one movie. <laughs> See? And I've, by reputation, I assume Alex is going to talk about one of them. Just by reputation, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard it's a it's a pretty hefty turkey. Yeah, I think family of twelve. Both so. of them, both of them. But I think two that I'm gonna the two that I'm gonna talk about. You'll 
I'm kind of disappointed I missed out on most of the turkeys this year. I'm looking through our reviews and remembering which episodes were turkeys. And in terms of the greater world of pop culture and actors, I don't know. Tim, Tim had a good one with, with the cause, but... <laughs> you know, nah, I dabble into maybe offending somebody with that one. Not any worse than Cosby, though. What? Just say it. Just get it out there. I mean, you can listen. I know people have problems. I know you have issues and, th- and things are, are bad. But Philip Seymour Hoffman, you're kind of a turkey. That was last year, wasn't it, too? No, that was, was like Super Bowl year? Sunday. Yeah. yeah. Like, dude, was February. what the hell, man? Yeah. yeah. You're a bit of a turkey for getting involved in all that shit. And That's sad. I almost said all that smack. And everything. <laughs> 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 Woo! All right. Well, we can move on. Yeah. Hey, See, this will be one of those episodes where I'm the drive home and I text Alex and go, like you said, you were like, oh, man, we lost our... If he had a nickel for every time I texted him, was like, man, you should cut off every single episode. You'd have like a buck fifty. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, like, Philip, I'm sorry, man. You had so much more. So much more to go. How was he in Hunger Games? No, really? Fantastic. Was he really good? Fantastic. Same, same as in Catching Fire. He was one of the best parts. Spoilers, I'm not in the rest of this episode beyond this part. <laughs> disappear. Like a Metallica song <laughs> that I heard at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> From Michigan Impossible. From Michigan Impossible to a turkey in his own right. <laughs> it all comes full turkey. <laughs> all right, turkey wise, two big turkeys. Number one, transcendence. Quite a turkey. Super disappointing. Uh, you could have done better, Wally Fister. What the hell? Um, but the other turkey has to be Tusk. Uh, it doesn't have to be. I, I think thought there's another trans. That's that's beyond turkey okay. status. That is like so terrible. That's a turkey of all time. Transformers Four. Oh, 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 yeah. I wouldn't even count that as a turkey. No, that's 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 glaringly obvious turkey. Tusk probably is too, but no, I Tusk is a turkey. Yeah, Tusk it's is a turkey, it's yeah. oh man, I want nothing to do with that movie ever again, and it offends me as a podcaster. I think. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. your review has certainly gotten more intense. No, no, no. <laughs> I, liked, I, liked, I liked Johnny Depp. Period. That's what I liked about that. You were not even this, this angry. I'm not, not really, I'm not necessarily angry about it, but I think the stuff that makes me angry, if there's anything, it's the fact that he's like, I'm a podcaster. I make all this money. Look yeah. at me. Look at how successful I am. My stupid show that makes fun of people, but I don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's how. Maybe that's Straight why. Nerve. Maybe maybe that's why we're not doing so well. And Kevin Smith has like thirty podcasts. But anyway, um, I think I'll uh, I'll also say the other turkey this year is the the uh, influx of uh, cinematic universes. Okay. Uh, while we are somewhat intrigued by the Universal MonsterVerse, um, I don't need a Robin Hood. Cinematic Universe. No, that's insanity. Not dying for a Little John movie. No. Um, and anybody else thinking about adapting it? Don't really care. I would think that, you know, 2014, the Hollywood Machine gets its annual Turkey Award because it always, it generally does more questionable things than yeah. than uh, well-advised decision. Yeah. But in terms of uh, thanks that we'd like to give... I don't know. I yeah. suppose I can. I'll, I'll start off and we'll go back around. Um, I will give thanks for Interstellar. I that movie exceeded expectations in many many ways. And even though I I don't think it's a perfect movie, I think it might be the perfect movie for me. It's 
it's got a lot of what I want out of movies. It's got a lot of what I want out of like science fiction. And that says a lot for a genre that has things like Blade Runner and Star Wars and Star Trek and all of these great things in it. So I give thanks for that. Um, I'll also give thanks for John Wick because, come on, John Wick was amazing. And I'm going to give thanks for it in the event that uh, it gives Keanu that boost that puts him back in the limelight. I'd like to see more Keanu. And I'll give a little bit of thanks for Hunger Games mocking Jay for making a lot of money because I'd like to see more Francis Lawrence. Did it make a lot of money? It made less than it was projected to, but it's still it's the biggest movie opening of the year. $125 million or something. So. Oh boy. Okay, yeah. I know it was that big. Yeah. It makes me curious to know what the fourth one's going to do because it's going to have to do more than that. I think so. I it think it will. Most of all of them. Yeah. <clears throat> all right, Nick. Your thanks that you would like to give? Uh, I guess in the in the realm of movie releases this year, I give thanks the most probably for Boyhood. Mm. I think Boyhood was was an incredible experience and a and just a pure miracle, a labor of love and and just almost act of God at this point that nothing happened to any of the principal cast or the director and the fact that it even got finished is amazing enough and the fact that it's as good as it is is fantastic yeah. and that was one that, that really struck a lot of chords with me and um, I was really really glad I got to experience it in the theater and everything because it's one of those movies where I th- it's, not a, it's not a visual you know, feast or anything but uh, I'm glad I saw it in the, in the movie theater because I think that, that that experience can stick with me more than if I had just rented it Totally. which is something I find myself saying to a lot of people um, like oh see it in the theater because you can't pause it you can't get up to make a bowl of popcorn. You can't go take a leak. I mean, you can, but you shouldn't. And you're less inclined to. Yeah. But you won't text. You won't, etc. Yeah. I think that I'm thankful that we've seen as many movies as we have this year. And I have. Because uh, it seems like people are really starting to be like afraid to go to the movie theater. It bums me out. Yeah. The a, lot of it's, a lot of it's just, why would you go to the movie theater when my TV looks better than a lot of projectors out there and there's nobody talking and... I don't have to pay a bajillion dollars to go. So, because you all have terrible attention spans, like I do. Yeah. Yeah. You need to be strapped in a movie chair. And I mean, hours. there's a, there's a social not a reclining. There's a social aspect to movies that there is no uh, parallel for anywhere else in the world. You know, it's like going. You can say going to kind of almost like kind of going to a sporting event that you're yeah. in. You're, you're reacting to all these moments in the same time as a lot yeah, of other people, yeah. and uh, that you can't really you can't recreate that at home. Yeah. Like you know when your family's going to laugh at something and you can yell at your kid if they do something they shouldn't, but like in the theater, you just, you're there. Yeah. Right. But um, I guess real quick also, I'm very, uh, I'm thank- quite thankful for Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm glad they tapped into Nick's uh, list of D-list characters that he loves. <laughs> they got a really good adaptation and that it did so well. That's really cool. Uh, I think that it's going to, that sets a, a great, example for Marvel and other studios included saying like oh we don't necessarily have to go for the, the big three superheroes we can get into some of our other smaller properties too um, yeah that's pretty cool and uh, no, it was a pretty good year for movies I think overall yeah. I'm pretty thankful for the year in general we, we saw a lot of amazing films this yeah. year yeah. certainly so it's weird I feel like last year's Oscar season was a bit stronger than this year's I think the Oscar season is stronger than last year's, yeah. but I think overall this year. Yeah, <clears throat> totally. Think, yeah. Even blockbuster-wise. Yeah, I think so. A little bit, yeah. But. yeah. Tim, Yeah, thanks. Uh, just a couple. I'll run through them real quick. 
Um, the emergence of Batista as one of our great films stars mm. this year. Yeah. And next year as he's in James Bond. Mm. So that's, I think it's wonderful yes. for all of film. Um, <laughs> Arnold's Instagram. Arnold Schwarzenegger's <laughs> Instagram. For sure. Uh, go on there right now if you haven't. And then go back to election day because he's wearing his American flag shirt, like button up shirt, and it's the most beautiful thing you'll ever see <laughs> in your life. Is it the picture of him from the seventies and he has a little flag? So no. Oh, okay. No, he's tell. It's a video. It's a video, and he's oh, telling okay. people to. Um, I think I have it. I still have it pulled up. Look, look at it. Oh, he's a cowboy hat on too. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. That's like the Jeep Harrison Ford thing when he rolls up in the Star Spangled Jeep and he right. gets out and it's really awkward because it doesn't cut. He like pulls up and you see like the headlights turn off and the door opens and he gets out and shuts it and walks up and the camera's like, I'm Harrison Ford. <laughs> and then proceeds to talk. Um, a couple more quick ones. Zack Snyder. I'm thankful for him because not many people would call into a local radio station to defend Aquaman. That's and he true. loves Aquaman so much that he will call into a Detroit area radio station and defend his honor. Yep. Um, that's funny to me, and I'm thankful for it. <laughs> um, Willem Dafoe. Oh, yeah. Because Willem Dafoe was amazing at Grand Budapest Hotel and amazing in John Wick, and I don't think we give thanks enough for Willem Dafoe. That's, that's true. And then I was thankful for John Wick, but I put this as I'm thankful that there were enough movies that made me reconsider. Like, I had Raid 2 automatically number one at the beginning of the year, mm. and now I don't know if I do because there's some good movies. Interesting. So. Good. Good. good list. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thankful for Tim's list. <laughs> Me too. I'm Me thankful too. for this podcast. I'm thankful for Tim. <laughs> We're thankful for Tim. I am also thankful for Tim. I'm thankful for the podcast as well. I'm, I'm thankful, thankful for all of our listeners that write in. Absolutely. Yeah. Anybody who talks to us, I'm thankful that we have people that do awesome. actually listen. It always surprises me when I put something out there and here's somebody from New Zealand and here's somebody from uh, from Finland and somebody from Shanghai. Philadelphia. Yeah, and and uh, and Tokyo as well. So you know, we have people that write in from all over the world, and and that's mind blowing to me. So thank you to to our listeners. You look like Jimmy Neutron right now. Thank you. I give <laughs> thanks. I mean, I, I shouldn't talk about say, hair. <laughs> the uh, I, I forgot to say that I was thankful. This is one I actually thought about on the way here uh, for the kind of curbing of three D. Mm, that we're not necessarily totally. being like three D anymore, yeah. and I don't think there's really a this year didn't have a really dominant, like, uh, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Gimmick for, for trying to get people to see. Like, we still, had, we still have 3D showings. We still yeah. have D-Box and that, but there wasn't, like, this crazed push. It was just like, here are movies. See them, please. Yeah. And totally. then I think that's the way it should be. Yeah. <laughs> so, totally. Call me crazy. <laughs> but it, it felt like a good year for, for just the overall cinematic experience. Yeah. And we, got, we kind of got the ultimate... Almost swan song for uh, for real IMAX with uh, with Interstellar. Yeah. Especially now that God knows what's happening to to film movies being shot on film and, and projected on film. So. It's interesting uh, year. Yeah, absolutely. Nick, thank you for joining us for absolutely. the first segment of the uh, podcast. Glad I made it in time to do it after you did the first part. Yes, we'll, we will. We will say goodbye to you and then move on to our review. Now for our review of The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1, directed by Francis Lawrence and starring Jennifer Lawrence, no relation, uh, Josh Hutcherson, Liam Hemsworth, Woody Harrelson, Donald Sutherland, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Julianne Moore, and a billion other people. Um, so, 
Synopsis on IMDb says, When Katniss destroys the game, she goes to District 13 after D District 12 is destroyed. She meets President Coyne, who convinces her to be the symbol of rebellion while trying to save PETA from the Capitol. Uh, I'm presuming that if you're listening to this, you have already seen the first two installments in the movie. Um, or in the series, excuse me. Right. Uh, so if you don't want to be spoiled to those, uh, delete the synopsis I just read from your mind. <laughs> and then do not proceed with this, uh, with this review. But um, I kind of wanted to start by saying uh, uh, you can go back to our Catching Fire review. It was, I think it was episode... 53, which is exactly 50 episodes previous oh to this episode. Goodness. Yeah. They released this one. This movie came out almost a year, exactly to the year, like, after uh, Catching Fire. But go back and listen to that, and you can, it'll give us a little bit, that'll tell you a little bit more about how we feel about Hunger Games in general. But, um, and I thought that was a particularly good review, actually. Okay. I listened to it in preparation for this one, and, and I thought we did a really good job. Um, but basically, Hunger Games uh, kind of burst onto the scene in 2012. Director Gary Ross, uh, fans liked it, critics liked it, liked it, not necessarily loved, but liked it. And I personally felt as though that it wasn't very good. Uh, it didn't do any world building at all. It uh, was. It had some of the worst shaky cam that I've ever seen. The shaky cam is bad. It's it's not it's not good. It's not. I good liked to, it though. You so like? I'm you, the guy on the podcast that liked the first one. Okay. Yeah. You. I think you. I think between it, you and Willie might be the contenders for the ones that liked it the most. But you probably liked it more because he hates it on the principle of it copying Battle Royale, probably. <laughs> This is oh, me putting yeah. words into it. Well, he's not here. It's his problem. Uh, yeah, you know what, Willie? If you didn't want that to happen, then you should be here. <laughs> I say as though you'll actually listen to this episode. But, um, so I was not a huge fan of the first movie. I, I, I just didn't think it did a good job establishing the world that we were going to be spending three more movies in. And I wasn't a big fan. Uh, Catching Fire came out last year. Director Francis Lawrence. Francis Lawrence getting some... Some of the big money. Yeah. I've always been a big fan of Francis Lawrence. Director of I Am Legend, Constantine, and Water for Elephants before Catching Fire and Rocking oh, Jay Part Water 1. Water for Elephants. Yes. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy to see Francis Lawrence get some of the, some of the big money to play with. I've, I've, I've been a fan. And I think he did a really, really good job. I think he brought this franchise to another level in almost every direction. I think... That the world building was a billion times better in the second movie. It felt like a dystopian world, like people didn't want to be where they were. The Hunger Games, you know, felt a little bit brief in that film, but uh, I still thought it was a step up in most ways. Okay. So, after that long pre-roll there, we can get into Mockingjay Part 1. Francis Lawrence also did the I'm a Slave for You music video of Britney Spears, which is a big part. Well, uh, I'm, sorry that I, I'm sorry that I left that one out, <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm glad that Francis Lawrence brought that to the world. Yeah. Because, you know. Um, it's a good video. It is. It is. Like many Britney Spears movies. I, <laughs> I think I remember the one for Toxic. Toxic one, too, because it's where she's in the airplane. She's the stewardess. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, and then, like, there's other weird parts where she's, like, jumping out of windows. And... I'm glad that I flipped this to something out of You did a great, you did a great <laughs> Britney Spears video. You know what, Tim? That's why people like you. 
Because you turn the conversation into something people care about. <laughs> but, um... No, so, Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1. I, I'll, I'll pass it to you, Tim. I know that we're, we, we both kind of felt as though we don't know exactly how the review's going to go. But right. I'm, I'm going to pass this back to you pretty quick. That's fine. Because I don't know what I thought of this. Um, <laughs> I, I had a... Like, it's fine. It seems like... I, I hate to jump on the... I didn't... It's part of a movie. It's half a movie. Yeah. And it... It at least has a decent cliffhanger, I thought, in it. We'll get into that, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it's still half a movie. There's some neat things, I think, they do with, like, focusing on how to build a revolution. And mm-hmm. it's all really cool. I just wish it would have paid off. I can see why this didn't make a lot of money, because... Well... Or as much money as it... As much as it was projected. Projected to make, yeah. because I think a lot of people, I would imagine, are just going to wait. Because I would. Like, I sat there going, like, I'd like to watch the rest of this now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... And so I guess it does its job, but I don't know. It's the hard part for me with this, and I I told you before in the podcast, it's like with Harry Potter, I read the books. Mm-hmm. And I was a big fan going into it. And you might be right, I guess. I didn't think of it. I just kind of looked at the Hunger Games, the first one as a movie. I didn't. But as far as world building, it may not have done a very good job because I don't really understand the world still. Yeah. Or I don't know if I understand it or I'm not invested in it. Okay. And with Harry Potter... They could do whatever they wanted with it. I was I was totally fine. Those first two movies aren't great, but those first two movies do a really good job of setting up that world that you're in. And so you're either Chris Columbus is quite good at discovering new worlds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to derail your thoughts completely with that. Don't worry, they weren't that good. With that worthy joke, your joke was way better. <laughs> um, so. So after the first two, they could do whatever they want because yeah. I could follow it. Yep. Now I, maybe they didn't do a very good job. How, how did you feel about Catching Fire? Did you like it? I wasn't crazy about it because it had a. Um, I remember it had an even worse, like Matrix Revolutions or um, what's the second? Is the second one Revolutions or Reloaded? Reloaded. Reloaded has that ending and like mm. it, it. It has an even worse one for me in this. Where I'm just like, Ugh. interesting. It just felt flat to me and it. I don't know. It didn't do much for me. It didn't feel like, and I see what you said. I think it's actually a, probably a better made movie. Yeah. But I don't know. It didn't work for me. Those better made for, than than the Hunger? first Hunger Games, okay. not the Matrix. Now. <laughs> Fair enough. I think we I agree on both accounts. <laughs> um. Yeah, this is a really hard discussion to have for two reasons. Number one, I think it's because we only have half of the movie, like you said. Right. Number two, I think it's because it's very hard to separate. In my opinion, as somebody who has listened to the books once, all three of them, um, and didn't really commit them to memory and didn't really love them, it's hard for me to separate when I'm complaining about with the movie and when I'm complaining about with the book. Okay. A lot of the flaws that you see in these three movies come from the book. Katniss is a very... She's a cipher. She's an audience cipher. She's very blank. She's very stoic. And they explain it in the book for good reason. You know, mm-hmm. her, 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 her father passed away. Her mother ended up kind of becoming somewhat of a blank state and like Slate and Katniss needed to step up and be the strong one. And, is, you know, and, and, and with these young adult novels, it's, it's easy for the first, like that main character to become the blank slate that you insert yourself into in order to relate to the characters in the book. That's that's a mechanism that happens in literature constantly. 
Mm-hmm. When you try and translate that to a movie, it becomes difficult. And I don't think the first movie does it particularly well. And because of that, I don't think any of the other movies do it particularly well. I don't care about the love triangle still. What's nice is I don't think any of the directors do either. That's kind of what I, I yeah. do want to say this about it. Because I, um, I think one of the reasons I like the first movie so much is I was kind of surprised by it. There's some, there's some pretty smart stuff going on here, too, okay. with the movie, I think. And some, some interesting political stuff. And it focuses, the movies tend to focus more on that than the love triangle. And it starts to get into that, I zone out completely. And I think, I don't think the film's interested either. I think that's a lot of fan service, maybe. So. Yeah, yeah. I, ugh, it's weird. Okay. It's, it's, it's really weird because I, I don't care about PETA. Gail isn't given much to do. Gail's the Leo Hemsworth, right? Yeah, the Lester Hemsworth uh, role. The ugly Hemsworth. <laughs> but uh, it's... So if I don't care about that aspect, which is a big part of the books and and potentially would be a big part of the movie, then I have a hard time really caring about the movie in general. I remember thinking the first one she should have hooked up with Lenny Kravitz. Well, that's... I thought that was... Isn't that true of anybody? Well, kind of, but (laughs) Jennifer Lawrence and Lenny Kravitz had really good chemistry. Or she should have hooked up with Woody. I think Lenny... I think Lenny Kravitz just has good chemistry with everybody. That's a good point. I mean, that's... Woody Harrelson could hook up with him, too. Yeah. Well, okay. Philip Seymour Hoffman, maybe not. I don't think he's... He's not, a, he's not in the league. <laughs> uh, well, you know, I if, if if Lenny Kravitz played Katniss, then maybe we'd have a really different movie. No, <laughs> but, no, so, so in terms of Mockingjay, I think this this movie should not be two separate movies this this book should not be two separate movies right by any means i don't think there was enough that could happen in this installment that could hold it and i i feel like it's somewhat telling that this is the shortest movie of the three so far there's 2 hours it's 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 very it i was going to say taut but a lot of that's really, really boring and, yeah. and not, it doesn't feel super necessary to the story. And I get it that it's, it's, it's probably pretty faithful to the book. From what I know, there's, there's things that are, you know, Elizabeth Banks' character doesn't make it into the beginning part of this book. And so it's, there's changes that they make, but, but it still feels really, really, really faithful to a fault. Yeah, I think that's an interesting thing, too. I don't want to get all Harry Potter and Hunger Games on this, but Harry Potter rules. Hunger Games rules, basically. <laughs> that's true. But there, there is a certain, yeah, a danger of being so... So faithful. Right? Faithful, to, faithful to a fault. Yeah, because not everything needs to be... The first Harry Potter, Part 7, Deathly Hallows Part 7, is really kind of boring, too. It's mostly Absolutely. camping. Yeah. But the book... Is mostly camping too, and I wasn't crazy about it, but I will defend that movie because we had had six movies with these people. It was nice to spend maybe one more movie, one more movie just kind of slowed down a breath before what you knew the second part was going to be, which was just a huge accident action scene. This one we have two movies, and it doesn't doesn't feel as necessary. There's characters coming in, just being plugged in mm-hmm. and all over the place, and. It, it, I don't feel anything. I, not, not to mention the first half of Catching Fire is pretty plotting. It's very yeah. it's slow. The tour itself is not particularly uh, 
quick in pace. It, 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 it takes its time. So to get a whole nother movie, that's just... And with Harry Potter, you watch those kids grow up. Like, yeah. From their eight, you don't really want to say goodbye to them because you're, some of those kids are never going to act again. <laughs> <laughs> Crab and Goyle. Yeah, they're you? not going to be around. Goyle or one of them wasn't even in the last one because he got arrested for pot. Right. So with Hunger Games, they all just kind of look the same as they did like three years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not really. We're not watching any growth. No, so. We're getting four movies in four years. It's not eight movies in Whatever, like a decade. 10, yeah, ten years. Yeah. So that's kind of. I don't like the splitting books up. I'm I'm totally okay. I get t- kind of tired of people who read books and then say get mad when something's not in it because I'm totally okay with cutting stuff out of books. Totally. It's a movie. Absolutely. That's what books are for. Yep. Like I, I <laughs> Harry Potter again. Uh, the fifth one is like the most streamlined Harry Potter movie. Yeah. And it's great it's because fantastic. half of the fifth book kind of sucks. <laughs> it's not great. It's all Hermione trying to free it out for something. And it's boring. And part five is great because it just takes the stuff I love from the book and puts it on a movie screen in 3D. Absolutely. That's what I came to see it for. I don't need to see, I don't need to see three Hobbit movies. <laughs> I barely needed to see one. <laughs> you can, the Hobbit works pretty well as a 45-minute cartoon. So I, I don't think there needs to be... That's, that's my, I, I said in my notes here, happy that it's two hours, sign of restraint, cough, Peter Jackson. <laughs> right. Like, like if, if, if Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 2 comes out and is two hours long, that's great. Because yeah. there's them showing, I don't know if that's like restraint or if that's Francis Lawrence being like, I don't have enough footage to put together a two and a half hour long movie, which is probably true. It'd be really funny if this one comes out and it's like 90 minutes. Long. <laughs> <laughs> like that's, that's a little sad. And, but I'm, that's, that's, me, that's me giving some credit to the, the thing that, I, that I'm really unhappy happened in the first place. This movie, it should be one movie. It should be maybe two hours and 45 minutes. And they should trim out mostly everything that's in this one. Mm-hmm. And it would move at a better clip. Like, I came out of Catching Fire really happy. And, like, this is, this is good. And I was impressed with this movie. And good things happened. They're taking this in a good direction. And then we heard, maybe even before that, that Mockingjay was being split up. And I was like, there's not enough material to cover two movies. Right. Make it one. Make it one good movie and let it go. But... It's that weird balance between making it for the fans of the movies and then trying to make the movies big enough and better enough to attract a bigger audience. And I think you're totally right. I think having the ability to cut out the parts that don't work so well in a cinematic environment is what makes a good adaptation. Like a good adaptation. Watchmen is faithful to a fault in a lot of people's minds, including myself. Because they didn't... I mean, he didn't figure out the parts that he could kind of tie up and and bring in and enhance. And I feel like that's true of a lot of the young adult adaptations that we could say. It's true of a lot of the the Harry Potter movies, and some of them are really hit or miss. Order of the Phoenix is great. Half-Blood Prince is horrible. It's terrible. And we talked about this in the last friggin' episode because of this topic. The, The whole... Subtitle that book gets subjected to the it's like the final two minutes of the movie, right. and it means nothing because they pick the wrong things to enhance. 
They yeah. picked the wrong things to show. And and I think they could have had a really solid trilogy. They could have had a really really solid two-thirds of a trilogy if they would have taken this movie, made it one, made it taut, made it good, made it really pulled together well. And I feel bad because we haven't really talked about the movie so much here. Well, we've we got more time, though. We, we do have more time, and I want, but I, we should move into, like, spoiler Terry. But I think the movie's pretty. I think it looks good. I think it's shot well. I think uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's really good at this. Philip Seymour Hoffman is awesome. Yeah. He's, like, I, I love him. all the actors are pretty good at this. Yeah, yeah, totally. Even even uh, Lester Hemsworth is given something to do Yeah, that was movie, nice. Which is good. Oh, you know what? I... I don't care about Peta, but I thought the kid that played him played him pretty well. The, um, spoilers. <laughs> yeah. This, there's a scene at the end he played it, and I thought, "Whoa, yeah, it was pretty good." Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll get it, yeah. we'll get into that. But I, all the acting is fantastic. Philip Seymour Hoffman knocks it out of the park as as Plutarch, and um, uh, there was somebody the the guy who plays Boggs, who's also in House of Cards. I don't remember his name off the top of my head. I remember liking Boggs quite a. Quite a quite a bit when the when I listened to the book, it's oh okay Mahershala Ali who played uh, Remy in House of Cards. Who else was he in? Um, Alphas. Alphas. Alphas was kind of a fun show. I haven't watched it. Yeah, it wasn't bad. But, I wouldn't go out of your way, but okay. Yeah. But I, I'm a big fan of him, and I liked him in this movie. I thought he did a really good job. Um, I think the score is great. Which is interesting because this is back to back James Newton Howard movies, and the last week was not. Nick and I weren't impressed, at least. Which one was that? Uh, Nightcrawler. Oh, Nightcrawler. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly quite memorable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think the score, it, it, it works for what it is. It's, it's, you know, dystopian science fiction fantasy future. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think it worked well, and it feels good to have orchestral stuff, and it's. I think this movie ends up being less than the sum of all of its parts. I think the cast is great. I think uh, the talent, the crew behind it all does a great job bringing it to life. But the biggest disappointment for me is that this movie as a whole is really different. This book as a whole was really different than the first two. The first, like we even talk about in our previous review that the second movie is almost like a remake of the first movie. And this movie, Mockingjay itself, the book, is a really different, it's like tonal shift, it's more, it's even more about the politics than it was before. It's a war movie. Yeah. This movie has none of the war in it. This part one has none of the war. And I wish that they would have found a way to put the two together and to make it stand on its own, because the way it is here, the politics and the manipulation behind it all is not ramped up enough to be interesting for 120 minutes, in my right. opinion. And then the, there's no payoff in this. In this yeah. Movie, and that's, you're Absolutely. kind of unsatisfied that you sat through all that and you have to wait. Absolutely. However. Well, yeah. yeah. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll jump into a short spoiler, Terry. I think both of us could say, honestly, wait, and then watch it immediately before you go to see the next one. Yeah. I think that would be a much better experience than just going to see it now, forgetting about it and then not watching the ones leading up to it because you forgot, like I did. Yes, sir. All right, we'll be right back. Here we are in Spoiler Terry for Mockingjay Part 1. 
so I think really the only thing that can actually be spoiled in this movie is the fact that uh, Peter tries to kill Katniss. Yeah, yeah. That so was... I think you were leading into refer you were referring to that. Yeah, I thought that scene was kind of it was really violent. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really I thought it was well done. Yeah. I, I like it felt like he was actually choking her. I yeah. Like it was he played that scene really well. Um, it was visceral, and they didn't have to use, like, really super shaky cam. Look at that. <laughs> Take that, Gary Ross. Drop the mic, Frank Lawrence. Eat it, Gary Ross. It ain't so pleasant, Bill, up in here. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I like that part. And, and It was nice to have some, some action in the movie, too. <laughs> they, that's why I liked the first Hunger Games, I think. It's because it, granted it was shaky cam, mm. but at least at least stuff seemed to be happening. Like, <laughs> motion was happening on the screen. Like, yeah, that's fair. And yeah. maybe you didn't buy into the second one because the first hour of the movie's just yeah. You know, um, I think Josh Hutcherson. I I don't necessarily agree that he did a particularly good job. Okay. Uh, I think he does kind of convey the puppet thing, but he could have done it a little bit better. Like, the fact that he was just a mouthpiece for the Capitol, but uh, I think the look that they give him in the end, yeah, where, where he just looks beaten and worn down, is fantastic. Like, apparently they did the Captain America thing and, and you know, used some kind of visual effects to make him feel frail and smaller and kind of down to... Bag of Bones level, which I think worked really well. It looked really great. Right. I was, I was, when you get that first shot of his face and you look at him, you're like, holy crap, they beat the crap out of him. Yeah. I think that was awesome. Did Wes Bentley die? Wes Bentley died at the end of the first movie. At the end of the first one I liked? Yeah. Oh, maybe that's why I liked it. Newsflash. Because <laughs> I miss Wes Bentley. <laughs> yeah. They, I did just his beard. Wes Bentley. Beard. Wes Bentley's really, beard in that first movie. And not just his first movie, he's in uh, Interstellar as that's well. True. That's Bentley true. Wes Bentley's a really good beard. He knows how to grow a beard. Yeah. That's true. Wes Bentley doesn't do much else for me. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, he just has that incredulous look on his face. And <laughs> you're like, okay, that's what you do. But, um, yeah, so Wes Bentley was not in Catching Fire. <laughs> he was in the first one. Um, was he in the Toxic video? Potentially, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if the casting director of the Hunger Games <laughs> and uh, Interstellar, uh, or either of those, was was associated with that, or if Wes Bentley was really acting at the time. <laughs> he was in American Beauty. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. This has gone completely off track. Totally. Yeah. Once again, with the Britney Spears. But um, no, I don't know how much else there is to say in spoiler territory. Um. No, I thought the uh, the group she meets up with was pretty cool. I thought that was neat. I'm looking forward to seeing them. Yeah. With uh, the girl from Game of Thrones. Mm. So that's really a mess stop. All of them. You're speaking about like her media crew that's taking yes. all the propaganda yeah. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I liked that. I liked a lot of that stuff. I thought that stuff was really interesting. I just don't know if it was should have been stretched for two hours. Yeah, exactly. I, it's a really interesting uh, hour long. That's a great act one. Yeah. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah, so, um... We're kind of looking at, like, a six-act structure now, because <laughs> there's two movies, but... Woody? Woody was good. I like Woody. 
Yeah, yeah. Woody and Woody's Woody's entrance into this one was pretty. He's funny. Pretty fun. Yeah. yeah. Sobered up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think these movies really play to Jennifer Lawrence's strengths real well. I think she's a much more charming person than these movies yeah. ever play, and I think she does a good job. I just don't think the character is. No, it's like I, it's like I said. Katniss is stupid and terrible, and <laughs> <laughs> honestly, like Katniss is so dumb and just, makes no sense. <laughs> this is in the books, right? In the books and in the movies. She me. doesn't bother me in the movies. I think she's just kind of dour, and I get it. But you know, I don't know. Batman's kind of a lump too, so who knows? Batman's a lump, but at least he's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that's unfair of me as somebody who doesn't wouldn't be looking up to Katniss. I was gonna say while, like we should have we shouldn't be talking. We should have a absolutely a young a young lady on here. And I and I and I wish that I wish that that was true. To I tried. talk about. I tried. We are not. We should not. Hey Amy, because you're probably listening to this, please write me like an email. Let's and send it in, or let's talk about. Let's blast the douchebag douche boys in the movie. Peter okay. and Liam. Okay. Because Peter and Liam. Peter and Liam, <laughs> which is an excellent. It's like a British rock band. <laughs> Peter. It's almost like Peter and Liam, the Oasis boys, right? Yeah. Peter Gallagher. No, it's no. Liam and Noel. <laughs> Peter Gallagher's got the eyebrows. <laughs> I wish Peter Gallagher was an Oasis. <laughs> um. No. Yeah, where was Lenny Kravitz? Did he die? Lenny Kravitz did die. Oh my god, when did he die? Two? He technically died in two, but it was off screen. They killed Lenny Kravitz off screen. Kind of. It's it, when when she's going up the tube in into the Hunger Games, you see some capital forces come in and start to kill him in front of her, and she uh, can't do anything no about it. No wonder she's so bummed. But then in this movie, they made the comment. She, uh, uh, Effie shows her the the Mockingjay costume and says, Cinna made this and, and made uh, Plutarch promise to not show you until you made the decision yourself. His name is Cinna. Yeah, Cinna. How come they don't call him Lenny Kravitz? I, I don't know. I don't think his uh, his his uh, his popularity made it all the way to Pan Am. <laughs> but no, I mean you know, it's I don't know. Is there anything we want to talk about, spoilers? No, there's not much to spoil. It's yeah. kind of a bummer. It's maybe the second half will be really good, and I'll watch them one day back to back. It was a good. I think, and that's that's movie. what I, I wanted to say. I think it's. I don't like this. Punk. Is this makes it really really hard to judge this movie objectively because as a movie itself, on its own, I don't think it's particularly good. Right. I don't think it's a good movie. It's a great adaptation, but it doesn't stand on its own at all. And 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 I feel like it's it, despite the fact that there's a bigger cliffhanger at the end of Catching Fire, I think that movie is much more successful in in, in many facets. Right. I think it can be judged on its own in the same sense that while I and we've discussed this at length in multiple episodes before. Joss Whedon's whole comments about Empire Strikes Back and how he feels that the ending of Empire is it's not a complete story. Yeah. I feel the same way about Catching Fire. Yeah. But both of them, they still feel somewhat complete. They're not... The, yeah, that feels more way more... This is... This, this, 
this, yeah, the it's hard. I don't even know how you make it a complete because you're right. It seems like they took half the book and yeah, I, you can't. I think they cut it off in the only place they could cut it off in as mm-hmm. a cliffhanger. But I don't know how you. But see, and the weird thing is, like, unless unless the next movie just hits the gas mm-hmm. and like that, because that's I mean that's kind of if I'm remembering the book correctly, from here on out it's all the shit hitting the fan. And I don't see them doing that in two hours. And I don't, like, I think I think we might have a little bit more fluff at the beginning still, and that doesn't make me particularly happy. That doesn't make me excited. So, you know, all in all, I think somewhat disappointing, yeah. in my opinion. Especially, like, I was excited after Catching Fire, and I, and I wish that... I'm I'm super happy that Francis Lawrence is making bank <laughs> because I do really really like Francis Lawrence and I and I think he does uh, a great job directing what he's being given here. So I'm hoping that this gives him a platform to go do things that he really wants to do. Right. Because Constantine didn't make it off the ground. I Am Legends failed in the third act, mm-hmm. maybe sooner to a lot of other people. And uh, Water for Elephants. I don't think... I, don't think the, I, 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 I thought it was an okay movie, but it's not... I Am Legend? Let's talk about that. we got two minutes left. You want to talk about I Am Legend? <laughs> what, what do you I think? don't think it fails that badly in the third act. I think it's perfectly fine the entire movie. Maybe that's because... Maybe I just didn't love the rest of it as much. Mm-hmm. I just kind of enjoyed it. But I don't know. It never really bothered me. There's kind of two major flaws to me. And... And I think most of it is number one that the the vampires are not practical. They are stupid looking. They're they're <laughs> really the the CG's terrible. You're get technical. And, uh, yeah, it's they're stupid. They're looking. stupid, <laughs> like Katniss. But she's not stupid looking. She's just stupid. But anyway, um, I I don't. And then on top of that, I don't think the end is particularly satisfying. I don't think it stays true to the story. Because mm-hmm. if you've read the book at all, I don't know if you have. But I'm not. It's it's a it's you know. It's, I saw the Omega Man. <laughs> Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston. Uh, but no, the 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 Richard Matheson book is is quite good, and I don't think it quite. I don't think the movie quite captures the spirit of that book. Okay. But I think the first two thirds of it are well done. And I, and I still respect that movie for what it is. Okay. Um, Elephants. Did you see Water for Elephants? I did not. I was intrigued, even though it's got Robert Pattinson, and, and he seems to be somewhat of a... He detracts people who don't like Twilight, a.k.a. most men. I don't mind Robert Pattinson. I, I, and, I, and I have kind of... I, I'm trying to think of what else have I seen of him. The, the Rover... Hello. The rover. He yeah. was great in the rover. He was actually. very good in the rover. Yeah. But so so Robert, I like I'm I'm okay with Robert Pattinson and Water for Elephants was it was it was okay but it, it you know it just as somebody who who likes relationshipy and like complicated movies in in like the in the relation interpersonal sense I didn't find there much I didn't think there was much to get out of that movie and, and if you don't have me on that then I don't know who you do have right so. Anyway, that's a review of Francis Lawrence's career. <laughs> Harry Potter, number one. Yeah. Suck at Hunger Games. Oh, I wanted to say real quick. Oh, no, I should say that later. I'm going to insert that in the middle.
I wanted you to just end the review like in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, we'll release the rest in a year. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea, Tim. I think we should totally do that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to remind you now, in the middle of this podcast, hopefully, go say happy birthday to Nick on the Facebook because this episode comes out on his birthday, the 26th of November. So go say happy birthday on the Facebook. Uh, I think he'll appreciate it. But um, Happy birthday. Yeah. Happy birthday, Nick. You're not listening to this, but happy birthday. You're going to be here shortly to record the first segment of this podcast. <laughs> but that's a little bit of behind baseball, behind baseball scenes. Inside so, baseball, I think yes. that's what you're going for. Inside baseball, behind the scenes. <laughs> behind baseball scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to chop it up a little bit. You know? um, yeah. Movies. You gotta love them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Let me know how wrong I am about Katniss. Uh, yeah, ladies, come on. At MFN Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. What I say when I go out. Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Facebook and on Vine. Um, 248-7335-MFN, which is 248-7335-636. Give us a call. We might play it on the podcast and talk about what you say. Uh, anyway, Aunt Mr. John, thank you for our music and artwork. And Kyle XY, go watch a movie.